0: And here we go, welcome to The Morning Brew with Stu, I am your host, as always, Stuart Brooking, and I may have a shorter show for you there, not as many topics, but, you know, with the lack of sports, the lack of topics, but I did want to get some things out there for you, and I want to start with, I I redid the 2012 uh, NFL draft quarterbacks only though I did the quarterbacks only and I want to I want to go over that and talk about it so with the number one overall pick I still have the Indianapolis Colts taking Andrew Luck and the reason I do have that is I think this is a pick that Jim Ressay makes 10 times out of 10 if Jim Say could go back to 2012 right now and redraft a quarterback I think he drafts Andrew Luck again And again, I think he does it 10 times out of 10. It's a a move I would make. Now, I know the popular move would be, well, Russell Wilson, he has a Super Bowl. He's been to two. He's a top three to top five quarterback in the NFL. Andrew Luck was a top four quarterback last year. At least in my rankings, he was top four. Some people had him top five. I had him as a top four. I had him as the fourth ranked quarterback in the league last year. And Russell Wilson was three or five. Here's the thing with that draft, um, I look at it and I go back, you know, with Andrew Luck, the team that he took over, the 2-14 team that he took to the draft was, or to the playoffs was a lesser team than the team that Russell Wilson inherited. And again, I'm not taking away from anything. I'm not taking anything away from Russell Wilson. Russell Wilson's the top three quarterback in the league. He's a future Hall of Famer. He's the life that Seattle has. Like he's their he is Seattle Seahawks football. But he's not right. He he wasn't. When he first came in, that wasn't him. When he first came in, the the identity of that team was Beast Mode, was Marshawn Lynch. The identity of that team was was the LOB, the Legion of Boom. It was Cam Chancellor. It was Earl Thomas. It was Richard Sherman. It was, you know, whoever else is back there. It you know, it was this defense. It was Pete Carroll. It was a violent run game. And Russell Wilson just didn't have to he benefited from a great defense, a fantastic run game, a top three running back in the NFL. In my in my opinion, a Hall of Famer. I think Marshall Lynch is by far a Hall of Famer. I don't even think that like it's an arguable thing. In my opinion, I can argue it, though, if I need to. Uh, here's the thing. That's why I have Russell Wilson. That's why I don't have Russell Wilson as the number one overall pick in this draft. I, I just think that, you know, now he can lead a team full of a bunch of nobodies, but back when he was a rookie, I don't know. Even as I don't know, I mean, he benefited from having a great run game and a great defense, and you know, Angelic didn't have that and went eleven and five, eleven and five, and eleven and five. So that's why he's my number one overall pick. Still, if we were redrafting the number one or the twenty twelve draft, my number two overall pick, come on, it's Russell Wilson. I think if Washington could go back and do this after everything they gave up for St. Louis, after everything they gave up for St. Louis, this, or to St. Louis for the number two overall pick, this is it. This is the move they make right here. They are drafting Russell Wilson, their franchise guy, with the number two overall pick, and it's sealed to me. Like, it is absolutely the right decision to make, and it's absolutely, in my opinion, 110% 110% the move they should have gone with. Looking back now, it's the move they should have gone with. You know, looking at, at the time, RG3 was a Heisman winner. Coming out of Baylor, he had all the intangibles that you liked, and you wanted as a top quarterback prospect. Everything was nice for him, and I think Russell Wilson, looking back at it now, would be that pick at number two. If now, number three, this is going to be the first time, I think maybe in a while, but... Everyone talks about the 2018 draft class with Darnold and Jackson and Rosen and Allen and Mayfield. This 2012 draft, the way I have it, you're going to have four guys in the top five. As I have Kirk Cousins getting drafted number three. That's three quarterbacks back to back to back. I have Kirk Cousins, knowing what we know now, going number three overall. Listen, they drafted Trent Richardson number three overall in this draft. I think Kirk Cousins looking at what we know now is worth the third overall pick. And the reason I think he's worth the third overall pick is to me, he's a guy that deserves to be the third overall pick by the way he's played, the way he's done things. I mean, it came in last year, people were talking about how, how he was the problem in Minnesota. Then he came out and balled out the second half of the year. So to me, Kirk cousins would have been the third overall pick. And if it doesn't work out in Cleveland, that's fine. I mean, you can still, you would still wind up with, you know, a Baker Mayfield at this point, or knowing what we know now, maybe a Carson Wentz or a Deshaun Watson, at that point, or a Patrick Mahomes, if Kirk Cousins didn't work out. But I think this is a risk, a, a risk that's worth taking with the third overall pick, is picking Kirk Cousins if I'm the Cleveland Browns. I mean, it seems to be working right now. Washington seemed to make the right decision, so we'll see. I had number 5 overall, you know, the Miami Dolphins. It was originally Ryan Tannehill at number 5 overall. Um, Tannehill, to me, would be the pick there, but I know how it worked out for them. So, to me, the, the pick is also, the pick for me is Nick Foles. He's a Super Bowl MVP, and... You know, I can't help but to think that maybe going into this, you know, they're going to look at it and be like, okay, we have we could have chose Ryan Tannehill, but instead we're going to go with um, Nick Foles because he has a Super Bowl MVP and because he's played really well. So, in my opinion, that's where it is for me is Nick Foles at number five. Uh, I have – I actually – Missed this player I don't know how I missed him He had such a big year last year I overlooked him completely Um. But Ryan Tannehill I just mentioned him I did overlook him I probably would have had all, Five quarterbacks going 1, 2, 3, and 4 1, 2, 3, 4, and 5 I forgot about Ryan Tannehill I really did I don't know if they pick him Number 4 overall Minnesota But if they don't pick him Number 4 overall They're definitely picking him 29th overall, but after the way he balled out last year, he deserves to be the fourth overall pick. I can't believe I forgot about him on my Twitter. Uh, you know, I, I shared this on Twitter earlier in the day and recording this on Wednesday night. So I recorded, I shared it earlier tonight and I can't believe I forgot. I really can't. I can't believe I forgot about Ryan Tannehill and forgot the fact that Ryan Tannehill is. Would he would be pick number four? would be five straight quarterbacks. It would go Luck, Wilson, Cousins, Tannehill, and then Nick, Nick Foles. That's that's how it would go. Five straight. And then I have, you know, well, it'd probably be Jacksonville at six. If not, taking Ryan Tannehill. That's that's where I think Ryan Tannehill would go is Jacksonville. It would save them from drafting Blake Bortles. Actually, I think that's where I did have him when I wrote it down on paper. I think I had him going to Jacksonville at seven, six or seven, and I think you know there it was okay. Well, if he gets picked there, they don't draft Blake Bortles. They avoid that. I still don't know if it's much better than Blake, but we'll find out. But let's just say, let's say Tannehill does go to Minnesota, then that means RG three, just like I originally had. I have him at thirty six overall. That's the fourth pick in the second round him with that track speed and the read option with Adrian Peterson. I feel sorry for Detroit fans, for Packer fans and for, um, you know, bears fans as well. That would be a, if he could stay healthy, if they could find a way to help him stay healthy. Oh, and then you have to, then you get to avoid the, you know, Christian Ponder led Minnesota Vikings, so there you go. You don't get Teddy at that point, but hey, I think if, if they were redrafted in 2014, Teddy would be the first quarterback off the board. Uh, I want to talk about something else really quick. I, I did a – earlier this week, I did my QB high end and low end. So the high end being if everything works out for the NFL draft, if any, if everything works out, these prospects are going to be – this and if if at the very worst they're going to be this right so for me you know my high end low end for joe burrow my high end was tony romo and people look at that and say well tony romo like oh god that's not very good for the number one overall pick tony romo is a very good quarterback tony romo you know despite the however he ends games and despite the interceptions and despite the jokes and despite all that Tony Romo was a really, really good quarterback, and he's the leading passer in the Dallas Cowboys history. You know, Troy Aikman's played there, Roger Staubach's played there, and Tony Romo leads, is the all-time leading in passing, all-time leader in passing at Dallas. So that tells you something. The low end's Andy Dalton, a guy who gets to the playoffs but is an average quarterback at, at best. At best, he's average, needs help. He'll need weapons around him, just like he did at LSU, to succeed. He's going to need a great offensive coordinator. He's going to need things like that to succeed. Joe Burrow will. That's the low end for Joe Burrow. High end Tony Romo. Low end um, Andy Dalton. My number two overall, cor- my number two overall quarterback in this draft is Tua Tagovailoa, and for Tua, I have as high end as Russell Wilson. Now I've been listening to. Or watching Mel Kuyper and Todd McShay and Colin Cowherd say he's the next Drew Brees. I think it's more of Russell Wilson because of the way he can escape and make things happen with his legs. Stuff that Drew Brees can't do. I think he's more Russell Wilson-esque than he is Drew Brees-esque. His low end's RG3. Now, he's not as tall as RG3. He doesn't run a track thing like RG3. He's not as fat. You know, all that stuff. As flashy as RG3. But the reason I compare him to Robert Griffin III is the injuries. If if Tua gets hurt, he'll be like Robert Griffin III, the greatest. Well, what if he could have stayed healthy? What if he, you know, coming out, what if he could have stayed healthy? And, you know, you hear Tom McShay say, you know, if, he's, if you could promise me he's healthy, he would be the number one overall pick to the Cincinnati Bengals. Tua would. But he's not, we don't know. If he's gonna be able to stay healthy or not, the hip wor- worries me more than the ankles do. But that's what I would do. I would take. I would take a risk on him. I would. I draft a number five overall. I don't care. Uh, Justin Herbert is my number three overall quarterback, and his high end's Andrew Luck. So if this works out, he's gonna be a very, very, very good quarterback. And the reason I say that is. There's a lot of scouts, a lot of scouts saying they wouldn't even take a first round flyer on him. But I like, I like his throwing motion. I like the way he throws. I like some of his decision making. When you turn on the tape, there is a lot of big league throws, a lot of back corner, like you know, you'll be watching, you know, out routes, fifteen yard out routes, and he'll get it there, just when you're supposed to, just like the NFL guy will. And his, you know, he doesn't use his arm as an independent contractor, so like he kind of moves his body and turns his torso and his arm just, is reactionary. That's what you know the great ones John Elway does, what Andrew Luck did. That's what Peyton does. That's why Tom Brady is so successful and why his arm, I use that in parentheses, can last so long. Because he uses torso. He's using his upper body more to throw than he is his arm. Now, his arm does help him, but he's using his torso more than he is his arm. Um. And then I have his low end as Marcus Mariota. And the reason I have that is I think he's got a bigger arm than Marcus He's not as fast as Marcus. He can't run like Marcus Mariota, but he's a quarterback that was overhyped and really played in that Oregon system and it didn't work out and just an average quarterback. So that's, that's why I have him as Marcus as his low end. And, you know, for me, my number four quarterback is the guy to me to take a risk on. Uh, I have Jordan Love at number four. I have his high-end as Patrick Mahomes. Now, when I say this, I, I know Todd McShay came out and said this, and it was very ballsy when he first said it. It was very, very ballsy. And I couldn't believe it when he first said it. I didn't see it. I don't see it. But I, if if it all works out and he gets the right coach, whole in Indianapolis, and he gets the right team around him, I could see it. I could see him being Patrick Mahomes. I could see him taking the league by storm. The interceptions still bother me. The The decision-making still bothers me. But I think it could work out. I do. With the right coach sitting behind a quarterback for a year like a Jacoby Brissett, or like a Philip Rivers or both would be very, very good in that Frank Wright system. Bring him on to Indianapolis. I'm already calling it. Not going to happen. He probably won't make it out of the first round. The Colts so will probably have to trade up in front of New England if they want to make this happen. Just saying. I don't know. Apparently they were in a Skype meeting with him not too long ago, according to Ian Rappaport. So we'll find out. But his high end is Patrick Mahomes. I have his low end is Colin Kaepernick. And Kaepernick went to a Super Bowl. Kaepernick won an NFC Championship game. Kaepernick won a lot of games. You know Kaepernick's being held blackball by the NFL because of the kneeling thing, but I think, you know, as far as the throwing goes, the arm strength was there, the being able to run the football stuff, it's all there. I do. I think his his low end is Kaepernick, his high end is, you know, Patrick Mahomes. So I don't think there. For me, he's the best value in this draft. For me, he's the best pick in this draft. Now, am I drafting him at number six overall from Miami? Probably not. 19? I'll consider it. I'll consider it 19. But am I drafting him number six overall or five overall from Miami? Not happening. It's not happening. I, I do like him, but it's not happening. I'm sorry. And then my final quarterback, the fifth one I have is Jake Fromm. And I think I said his high end is Case Kingdom. I said his low end is Case Kingdom. Either which way, if he's going to have success, like Case Keenum did in Minnesota. He's gonna to have to have a lot of, lot of, lot of success around him. A lot of talented players around him. Otherwise, he's gonna be the Case Keenum that went from Houston to Minnesota or to St. Louis, then to Minnesota, now to Washington, you know, Denver was in there along the way somewhere. That's what he'll be. He's gonna be a career backup. I, as much as I like Jane Fra- Jake from Jake from coming out, as much as I've seen him from the Go 90 series, which is now on Netflix called Beyond Delights, as much as I've been with him there throughout pretty much his entire career, I've been following him. The film says it, he's he's a solid quarterback, but he's a backup. He's a backup. Listen, I didn't put my number six quarterback on there, and that was Jacob Eason. I you know I I shared it last time on the last podcast my thoughts about Jacob. And I said this about Eason. I said that, you know, yes, people like Chris Sims who who watch a lot more film than I do. I do watch film, not highlights, film. I actually watch the tape. But I think he's Jake Locker. I do. He may start in the NFL, like uh, Chris Sims thinks. And he may have a chance at being a starting quarterback in this league. But I think he lasts like three years because I think he's Jake Locker. I think he's benefited from an offense that has seen – Kellen Moore be successful, that seeing Jake Browning be successful. To me, that's that's what it is. <laughs> so I'm going to talk about something else I, I read on Twitter from Zach Kiefer. He f- does a lot of, I think he's maybe based here in Indiana, but he talks a lot about the Colts. He had a meeting with, or he said that he had a meeting with Frank Wright, and in that meeting, Frank Wright said that he's going to try to tried different things to get Jacoby Brissett on the field. They were going to try a Taysom Hill type of package for um, Jacoby Brissett. And I have a problem with that. And the reason I have a problem with that is he isn't Taysom Hill. Like, Taysom Hill is a Swiss Army nice. He is Slash. For those of you who don't know who Slash is, is Cordell Stewart. He played quarterback for the Bears and Pittsburgh. But in Pittsburgh, he was a wide receiver. And the reason they said that he was slash. The reason I called slash is he could play running back slash wide receiver slash quarterback slash kicker. Whatever they need him to do, that's what the kid, that's what Taysom Hill is. Taysom Hill's a running back slash receiver slash quarterback slash special teams guy. Brissett's not. Brissett's a like pocket passer that's kind of mobile. He's not the guy like he's not a Taysom Hill type of guy. That to me is mind-boggling. Why are you gonna try to put a package for a guy who can't run like Taysom Hill onto the field? Like I don't, I don't understand that. I don't get it. Um. I wouldn't. I would not. I wouldn't do it. Listen, I I felt like they should have gotten them off the books as soon as they signed. Um. Philip Rivers. I felt like they should have traded, Jacoby Brissett, or cut him, or something. But I don't like this. I don't like this idea of trying to get two quarterbacks on the, fi- on the field. Now, I trust Chris Ballard. I trust Frank Wright, but I don't like this. There's an old saying in the NFL that says, you know, if you have two quarterbacks, you have no quarterback. And essentially what that's saying is, you know, if you have two quarterbacks, you haven't made your decision on which one's better, so therefore you have no quarterbacks. So therefore your team is really not in a great predicament. So, if that's what you're saying, is that you're trying to get Jacoby Brissett on the field, then why pay Philip Rivers a one year deal with $25 million? I understand it's one year, but why do that? And and you say that, when I say you, I'm talking about the Colts, they keep talking about how much they love Jacoby Brissett, but yet they they say that, and then they sign Philip Rivers to a one year million deal. Now I'm not complaining about the deal because I think it was a good deal but the thing I'm having problems with the problem I'm having with this is trying to tell me that that's the right idea and then signing Philip Rivers and then coming out and saying hey we're going to put in a special package for Jacoby Brissett. I don't like it. I don't like it at all. I don't think it works out well. I think it's probably a very not probably. It is a very very bad move, in my opinion, to do that. Um, I think something else I'm going to end this off with, I think I'm going to end the show off today with um, just something I've been seeing on Twitter, you know, P- PFS been doing your top ten quarter or your top five quarterbacks, right? And then they've been doing your top five col- college, right? And then they did your top five college running backs. I couldn't really pick a college running backs, so I'm gonna do my top five college quarterbacks. My number one, and maybe because I'm a homer and I really like this guy, maybe I'm a little biased. Is Tim Tebow? I think Tim Tebow is the most dominant college quarterback to ever play the game. Point blank, I think it's over. I don't, I don't think there's an argument. He's got two. He's got two national championships. He has a Heisman. I think he has two Heismans. He's the most. his from the time that he was a freshman to the time that he. Entered the NFL draft, he was the most dominant college quarterback, not just quarterback, college football player, in in college football and all of college football. And he may be the most college. I think he is the most dominant college football player of all time. Uh, my number two is Deshaun Watson, and Deshaun Watson to me, I think he, I think he won the Heisman. Pretty sure he did. Maybe he didn't, but I, I think he did. I think Deshaun Watson was literally a minute away from winning that second national championship or winning that first national championship against Alabama and having two national championships against Alabama for being the greatest quarterback, greatest college quarterback of all time, in my opinion. That's what I think. And the reason I think that is because I look at it and I say, well, my God, like he, he threw for 400 and something yards in that first game, and then he comes back against who what many people said may have been the greatest defense of all time. He threw for 400-something yards again and got the W. And got the W. If, if he wins that first national championship, which he was like an extra minute away from doing, he's the greatest college quarterback of all time. My number three is Sam Bradford. He was tearing it up the same time Tim Tebow was. He won a Heisman. He has all kinds of numbers. Before I'm pretty sure Baker Mayfield broke it, but he's definitely... Up there in my list is the third greatest college quarterback of all time. Number four for me is Vince Young. And the reason I have Vince Young as number four is, I mean, he was dominant. He was a dominant college player. He won a Heisman, I believe. Maybe he didn't. I think he got beat up by Reggie Bush, actually. But he's definitely one of the more electrifying college football players of all time. Led Texas to that national championship versus USC, where he did win. He did win, and many people say it's the greatest college football game of all time. I'm not going to disagree. It's definitely one of the more exciting college football games of all time. That's that's for sure, 100%. And then my fifth is Peyton Manning. I mean, just speaks for itself. Peyton's done everything. I think Peyton's the fifth greatest college quarterback of all time. Uh, Marcus Mariota. If you have an arc, if you have an argument for Marcus, go right ahead. I think I agree with you 100%. I don't put Lamar Jackson in there because of the fact that he didn't win the national championship. And I think, you know, his stuff was kind of – it was only two years. And listen, I'm not going to put Cam in there. I Okay, to be considered the greatest of all time, right, to be considered the greatest of all time – and I love Cam. I think Cam, in my opinion, is one of the top 15 greatest college quarterbacks of all time. But he's not going to be in the argument for the greatest of all time, in my opinion, because of one season because because for the same reason musicians don't consider one album just because you have one album out and that album was successful as a musician doesn't mean you get to be in the argument for the greatest of all time it, it doesn't mean that if you have one album out it be successful and then retire doesn't mean doesn't mean you're in the argument for the greatest of all time doesn't matter how many records the album breaks doesn't matter how many you know Awards it wins. It doesn't matter. I Want to see a longevity because your second album Your second album could be trash and your third could be worse and your fourth could be absolute worse and then you're done and In college football, I think it's the same way. I I love cam I think cam could have gone on the second and had he played two years three years and been dominant If cam was just if he played another year, which he couldn't because of eligibility, but if he would have played another year If he had the eligibility to play another year, and he was just as dominant that second year as he was the first, no doubt in my mind, he gets the argument for being the greatest quarterback of all time in college football. No question. Never seen anything like it. But because he only played one year, because he only played one year, and was dominant one year, I I can't consider him the greatest college quarterback in the argument for the greatest college quarterback of all time. I can't. I only want to hear Johnny Manziel. I, I don't even want to hear it. So that's you know, that's it for the show today. Again, if you made it all the way through, please give this a listen. Please share with your friends. Please get as many listeners as you can. Please. Have a good night.